Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, half dad, and the man who is working on a mullet rating app called Number One with a Mullet. I am Troy. And with me Hell as yes. always with me as always is the man you just heard. He is the main event collector, figure hunting warrior, and he is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Z Man to my flying Brian. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? That's Hulk Hogan, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, until they found out he was uh, mostly looks, and uh, well, that was about it. I don't know. Well, it's kind of funny how that works. Like He's mostly looks, and Brian Bryan was became a huge thing. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, because, like, Flying Brian was... Uh, not that Z-Man sucked. Like, that's become a narrative. Like, I think you and I talked about this, where it's like, I, I don't think he ever sucked. He, he wasn't great. But, I don't know, I've, I've seen way worse. We said the same thing about Marty Jannetty and the Red Rooster. Oh, God. Why all of a sudden was... they just suck because they were stuck. Like, he was saddled with having like, one of the greatest wrestlers ever as a partner, and more Red Rooster saddled with a crappy gimmick. How does that make them suck? That's true. Uh, their positioning on the car just uh, didn't do them any favors. And uh, we're actually going to be mentioning... Uh, both of those guys and various news stories we're going to be covering today because <laughs> it is the not year 1990. So we did not set this up. Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't, we curse. don't curse the show, and I think it yeah. shows. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, uh, today we're going back to the year 1990. We've been skipping all around lately, not sticking to the evens, you know, the Yeah, the and driving crazy. I, I wanted to switch it up this year because last year I tried to stick to it uh, religiously. And there's a lot of different events I wanted to cover this year. I thought we're just going to throw out the model and, you know, go with uh, and, and not Rick Martel. Uh, but we're going to throw yes, out I am the, a model. Uh, the uh, the old model and, uh, you know, go and go with, you know, whatever we find is fun this year. Some of these, I guess, de- depends on your definition of fun. Like uh, next month, we're going to be covering uh some EC dub, or excuse me, this Close. month we're going to be covering some EC dub. I, I know Greg is champing at the bit for that one, man. <laughs> He's like, ECW, hell yeah, let's just jump ahead to that. 
Hell, my ass is in the seat. Hell yeah, man. Why? Why wouldn't it be? Uh, you know, to which I say, shut up and take my money. There you go. <laughs> but don't worry, Paul uh, did, and he didn't pay it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Too soon. Uh, we're we're actually going with the quite possibly one of the most opposite things you could get to ECW. Today we're going back to 1990 to cover Russell War. 1990. I feel like. Oh no, this is crap. It's like ECW. We mean complete opposite. Good lord. I feel like with the way NWA slash WCW promoted the show, they stylized like Russell War was one word instead of, you know, separating it and everything like WrestleMania. I feel like they wanted this to be their WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Which, which also. I never thought makes, of it like that, but I did catch the one word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and, and that also makes me think, okay, so uh, Eric Bischoff wasn't the first one to go, ah, you know, maybe Starcade isn't our biggest event. Kind of weird. I always liked how Halloween Havoc was his idea for one. You know, you know what you know, the temple event is? The spooky event. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the, the gimmicked up one that drops this in October. The Great American Bash and... said, uh, Spring Stampede, no one would have batted an eye, but really, Halloween Havoc? Right, that's a weird one. Like, uh... Okay, and it's not like you had this like great history of oh man, every year Halloween Havoc is just a runaway banger of a show, you know. So it's like, why is that made one? To be fair. Yeah, well, well, it's like uh, Great American Bash, like you had just mentioned, had a pretty decent track record of historic shows. Uh, that's where the uh, the War Games match was born, and everything else it used to be Things a tour. For yeah, so I mean, there there was some cool stuff, uh, you know, the like yeah, the the Sting versus uh, Ric Flair's historic match and everything, like a lot of cool stuff. But no, 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 Halloween Havoc. Okay, but this one uh, they did pour very- a lot of money in it with going to Vegas, and then like obviously they're getting all the money from Slim Jim. Yeah, that I mean, that's true, and I get that. It's just like, okie doke, but. This time, uh, I feel like, because in 1989, the very first Russell War, which is now in the archives, by the way, they had Flair versus Steamboat, and they tried to make that a big thing, and I just feel like they were trying to make this a big thing moving forward, and it just, man. Well, to be fair, they should be making all their pay-per-views a big thing. Right, because they didn't have 12 a year, like, they, you know, is kind of standard for today's time. But, man, this, this show... I mean, not to crap on it or anything. You're going to want to hear our review instead of watching it for yourself if you're curious. Because uh, I've mentioned, I do that with movies. If I'm unsure yeah, about a movie... We should warn you, before you watch it, don't watch it. Right. Yeah, don't waste your time. Just listen to us. We'll cover it for you in uh, a shorter amount of time. And we've got some uh, some funny notes from uh, from various things in uh, the news to cover here. And yeah, I really feel... Of our cute antidotes. Exactly. And I feel like I really feel like the news is what makes these shows, especially these shows where it's like, oh, God. But this this one especially is just like I, I had higher hopes for it. And then I watch it. And I'm like, Ugh. so, yeah, you guys won't see this. But he sent me a message going, oh, my God, this show's bad. And I'm just <laughs> telling him I only watched the first match so far. <laughs> right. And then I texted you last night because obviously uh, I, you know, have my own ratings, but then I also look at what 
they've Meltzer rated things. And I messaged you. I'm like, I feel like we were watching two totally different shows here. <laughs> and I think That's you said something. I asked if it was secretly in the Tokyo Dome. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah, e- either that or the check cleared. One of the two. But there, there are some matches where I'm like, how the F did you? <sighs> Whatever. Not that he's the end all be all of ratings, but it's just like. Ask Daniel Garcia. He thinks he is. Oh, God. I got a four-star yeah. rating from Meltzer. This is something I'm proud of. Real words. Well, in that same vein, who the hell cares about Daniel Garcia? Anybody he has picks up doing naughty stuff? <laughs> God. Yeah, right. But before we get into our first break here, because we do have a lot of news and notes to cover, we're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks, all one word for 15% off your order. But now that we're done with that, we're going to dive into all our first break here. And on the other end of this, first of all, don't skip ahead because we don't like put ads in here. You might also find your favorite podcast, your next favorite podcast behind us, of course, uh, in one of these breaks. Let me run down my list here. You got Curtain Jerkin, The Apron Bump, here in Puckburg. Yeah. Those are uh, all on my list, bro. Yeah, go check out all of them. Apron Bump is just good quality stuff. He, He always shakes it up every week. Uh, Curtain Jerkin is on our YouTube page, by the way. So if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. You don't just get I don't show anything stuff. I don't listen to, by the way. I refuse. Right. Yeah, uh, keep it 100. I endorse all of these. Yeah, and for all of you out there who, uh, like I said, if you haven't checked out our YouTube page, not only do you get uh, clips of the podcast, uh, clips of us just talking about current stuff that doesn't make it to the podcast, and the full-length podcast in itself, you also get, uh, well, and our Marks on Media stuff where we talk about things outside of wrestling. But you also get Curtain Jerkin, where if you do want to hear kind of a long-form analysis of current shows and current news, Jacob Grandi's got you covered. So go check that out. It, it drops at different times, usually around Monday, but occasionally... I listen to it on Tuesday mornings at the gym. Yeah, and he he occasionally cover drops a video throughout the week if there's enough stuff to talk about. So, uh, Go check that out. You get a lot of quality on our YouTube page, if I do say so myself. That's that's a long way of saying it. Just go check out and subscribe to our YouTube and TikTok. Uh, yeah, it's a full Jim Cornette. We went around our elbow to get to our wrist in this one. Sorry. Yeah, right. It's uh, it's on our link tree, linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. All the links are on there, including the podcast links. But we'll be right back after this break to uh, get into the news. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Borks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. Uh, what the hell are you cracking today? <laughs> Sparkling ice. Ah, nice. Uh, no LaCroix, though. Hell no, that stuff sucks. Yeah, we've discussed that. In the I don't past, care about right? that. I don't care we never get that sponsorship. I'm good. No, uh, I'm good. Yeah, I, it's like they, w- they would literally have to pay me to drink their <laughs> stuff and then pretend like I like it. Diving into the WWF side here because they have the biggest news. This was uh, funny. I sent you the the uh, the news that came before this story just a few weeks before this. Actually, I'll get into. But 
The WWF is searching for a new referee for Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage at the main event, as Mike Tyson dropped out of the gig at the last minute. Okay, real quick, I read this when I first woke up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What the F? Because <laughs> you put Tyson Fury, I'm like, what the hell am I reading here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, the... Uh, for anybody... That's why you shouldn't uh, look at your phone right away. I didn't, like... It wasn't, like, right when I rolled out of bed, but, like, you know... I did have all my senses yet, and I saw the notification light blinking. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I'm like, ah, it's probably idiot TJ, and it was. Wow. Well, the pre-story what I was getting, what I was referencing was that uh, they wanted Mike Tyson to uh, sign on to be the referee for uh, the main event. You know, Hogan Savage, uh, but he had a match or a, a fight coming up at the Tokyo Dome versus you know some guy who gives a damn. You know, Buster Douglas. Uh, you know, and and as long as nothing happens between now and then, it should be fine, you know. But what are the odds? This is a white right? loser. This loser. Yeah, right. Who, like you had mentioned before, is like who the hell is Buster Douglas? Like, uh, you know, he knocked the hell out of Mike Tyson. That's who he is. Uh, is uh, wasn't that like his only claim to fame? Pretty much. He lost the title in the first defense, I believe. Yeah, there you go. But I believe actually, Holyfield beat the crap out of him. Oh man. Well, it was actually too late to make changes on the syndicated shows for the advertising of Tyson, but Don King's office issued a categorical, he's not going to be there, and that's that. The WWF has already done emergency tapings where they re-recorded commentary and interviews to talk about former world champion Mike Tyson, but by the time that Tyson pulled out, it was too late to fix it any further. So, instead, the special referee will be Buster Douglas. He'll be making $100,000 for the job which is actually what Tyson would have made in the real world rather than the imaginary millions promoted by Don King. Wait, you mean... Holy America. Don, you mean Don King was full of crap and BSing everybody? No. You know something next up? Paul Heyman does it too? Yeah, right? God. Uh, but they actually talked to George Foreman... What kind of world we live in? They actually talked to George Foreman and Evander Holyfield as well before going with Douglas. I don't know if that's true, because Bruce Pritchard talked about it, and he said that they just logically thought, well, let's get Douglas, because they had uh, Holyfield would have been, or a former would have been the next big name, but Holyfield was still active. Yeah, so I mean, both of them, both of them in the long run would have been more popular than Buster Douglas, but uh, at the time, I guess he was the hot thing, so you got to go with, you know, with What's hot then, Who's I guess. the guy that beat the guy. Right. So they were like, well, no Tyson. We'll get the guy who beat Tyson. And there you go. That's and, logic. I mean, to me. Well, Bruce Pritchard said he got the call, actually, because they were he said they were in the air uh, flying to a flying to a town when the fight was going on. And when he landed, he gets a call in his hotel room. And I think <laughs> it was. I, yeah, I think he said uh, it was Kevin Dunn. All he's like, he lost. Like, who lost? Tyson. Like, who the hell beat him? He's like, Buster Douglas. Like, who the hell is that? <laughs> the consensus number one contender. Right. And, uh, and, they, and he said they, they just all were like, the hell are we going to do now? I mean, we can still get Tyson, maybe. But then I guess, you know, after, after he lost, Tyson just didn't want a part of any of this. So, whatever. But... <laughs> Also, somebody pointed like that story I sent you. They also said, "Ah, he's not going to lose to 
Buster Douglas, whoever the hell that is, you know, that'd be as a lot. His name list. is Buster. Right. Well, he said that, that's about as realistic. That's his name or description. That, that's about as realistic as uh, R- Ronda Rousey losing to Holly Holm on some random UFC show. <laughs> yeah, about that. Right. Well, the only WWF show to acknowledge the change so far is prime time, while all the other advertising out there still focuses on Tyson being there. Meanwhile, various newspapers were reporting that Tyson was going to get into a shoving match with Hogan, leading to a match with them at WrestleMania. Uncle Dave notes that this one is already debunked, and in fact, the finish was going to be Savage shoving Tyson and getting knocked out and pinned, which is the finish that every... That's WrestleMania 14 in a nutshell right there, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, and it kind of goes with uh, Dave. It's not like he's, you know, Dave is Nostradamus here. He he says this is the finish to every boxer boxer, Uh, wrestler angle in the history of the business. He is Nostradamus. He always calls stuff unless they change plans because he found out. Yeah, right. Well, hashtag plans change. Also, in in fact, uh, that is what went on here with Buster Douglas. So there you go. But that that doesn't like why would he get into a shoving match with Hulk Hogan? I, I realize Hulk's the guy. But it's like wouldn't that I guess if you're gonna try to build Tyson up as the heel going into mania? But I don't know. By the way, just saying if that would have went down like that, that match would have been bowling shoe ugly. <laughs> Can you imagine bringing a new definition of god awful? Right. Can you imagine Hulk Hogan? Like we talked before about Hulk Hogan's a star, and he's had some serviceable matches, whatever. Uh, but can you imagine him trying to lead a non-wrestler through a match? Like, just the two of them? Like, uh, that that would have that been something to see, man. And the guy that he's leading could legitimately kill him. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, look at Ali versus Anoki. That match sucked, and Anoki was a, an amazing wrestler. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, God. And Ali was an amazing boxer. This doesn't mix. Well, we exactly. Water. Yep. Well, the WWF is really pushing for the new attendance record for WrestleMania 7 at the LA Coliseum, and they'll begin selling yeah. tickets. <laughs> well, uh, and they'll begin selling tickets this, the week after WrestleMania 6, hoping to hit 101,000 people, which means a year straight of hype and ticket sales. And as we know, they would never do that ever again. Nope. A year straight of WrestleMania hype? Never. <laughs> uh, you know, flash forward, in there. flash forward to the Raw after WrestleMania 27. Uh, but speaking of which, there is a new twist on the WrestleMania 6 main event. It will be title versus title. So now there's a uh, all kinds of new speculation. Title 4 title. Yeah, I don't... Because I don't think they ever said officially that the Intercontinental title was on the line, right? Yes, they did. It was just, uh, Jack Tony was at the press conference, I believe. Okay. I thought it was just champion versus champion. No, because they were teasing it the whole time. Which one would it be for? Because, you know, it could totally just be for the IC title. God, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, the Warrior wouldn't, you know, wouldn't fight for a world title shot. And, and Hulk Hogan totally wanted that IC belt. <sighs> Whatever. Who belts works for me, brother? Well, I never heard of this one. Sorry before, to burst your bubble. Uh, this, uh, I, I never heard of the show before. This is kind of cool, though. I would, I wonder if uh, I can find footage of it. But the lineup for the joint WWF 
All Japan Pro Wrestling, a New Japan Pro Wrestling show has been announced with Hulk Hogan versus Terry Gordy on top, plus Genichiro Tenru versus Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior versus Ted DiBiase, because even the Japanese didn't want to f- uh, face Ultimate Warrior, uh, Andre the Giant and Giant Baba versus Demolition, Jumbo Saruta and Yoshiaki Yatsu versus Kurt Hennig and Rick Martel, Ricky Choshu versus Big Boss Man, Tiger Mask versus Bret Hart, and a bunch more to be announced. This changes a bit, but ended up mostly being as Which Tiger Mask was it? Uh, I want to say this was Tiger Mask 2 at this point. I, I could be completely wrong. I forget when they changed the uh, uh, changed the guard there on the Tiger Mask. There were so freaking many of them. And I completely forgot that it, it was based on a TV show. Because when you first type in Tiger Mask, uh, it brings up the, the anime. Kanemoto didn't take over until 92. So this is probably, this has got to be Tiger Mask 1. Uh, or maybe it was Mizawa. It, yeah, okay. It might, it might have been Mizawa at that point. But either way, somebody out there correct me. Uh, oh, they I will. Don't know the, oh, yeah, I don't know the Japanese timelines, bro. Well, actually. Well, speaking of actually, uh, Giant Baba actually appeared on a WWF TV taping in Phoenix, Arizona to shoot an angle with Andre the Giant for the demolition match, but it won't air in the U.S. and was done for Japan. Meanwhile, Baba brought Terry Gordy with him to the show, but the chances of that match happening with Hogan are still about 50-50 right now. This, this next one I never heard of before, but No Holds Barred will be... Re- no Holds Barred will be released in Japan as Golden Bomber. Because the movie bombed? Hey. <laughs> wow. Uh, when, didn't he call his move the Axe Bomber? I think so. Yeah. So, uh, it's the Golden Bomber. That's, uh, the golden, uh, that's the Axe Bomber and the Golden Shower all mixed together. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but either way, oh, I don't want to hear any corrections about golden shower or anything. Please, no, <laughs> don't encourage that. Ah, oh, come on now. Anyway, uh, well, you mentioned this guy at the uh, the top of the show. The Rockers showed up at at the uh, recent tapings with their faces beaten be- uh, black and blue, as they apparently got into a very violent fist fight with each other in Denver a few nights before, with Sean getting the worst of it. Oh wow. Sean is O for life in fist fights. <laughs> Go figure. But most sane wrestling promotions would put them on TV and blame their current enemies on the beating. But the WWF sent them home until further notice. Sean wants to be out of the team, and Vince McMahon has asked Marty to turn heel and go single. Uh, well, yeah, that's going to work. Yeah, well, that's the first time I get to use this for Uncle Dave on the show. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, hashtag plans changed. Marty, is there any uh, audio of him saying plans changed? There uh, is, we need I, that. Yeah, I wish. If somebody knows where, uh, where I can get audio of that, let me know. Hit me up. Slip into my DMs. We know he writes well, a lot. I don't think I've ever heard it verbally. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's ever said it. But anyway, and if he did, he'd be like, well, you know, it's uh, it's like, well, you know, like uh, uh, it's 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 like, uh, you know, plans change. <sighs> anyway, 
Uh, Greg Valentine has now dyed his hair jet black and is teaming with the Honky Tonk Man as Rhythm and Blues. And hell yeah, I'm getting that figure soon. He'll be singing a song at WrestleMania. Oh joy. Yeah, and if anybody doesn't know the story, Greg Valentine absolutely hated that. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize why. his disdain until Brister said it. I went back and watched the, the performance, and you can see the look on his face like, why the hell am I here? Yep. Yeah, he's, they said he threw a fit when they told him they wanted him to dye his hair black, and he just hated the whole gimmick. And yeah, if you go back, knowing that now, going back, he's not just being a heel, he's boo-boo-faced through Every time you see him with this gimmick. Yeah, man. I mean, Greg the Hammer Valentine was a fairly well-known name in the WWF at this point. And they're like, ah, we want to change everything about you. Ah, Whatever. That's like when they told AJ Styles and TNA, ah, we want you to be the little nature boy and uh, frost your tips and put a diamond earring in and all that. Wear Wear a feather robe. Ironically, isn't that what they want a player to do? Wear a diamond earring? <laughs> yeah, uh, shave your head, wear an earring. Call yourself Spartacus. God. Why? Uh, because Jim Hurd is an idiot, Greg. That's why. Because F you, that's why. Me, right? But the powers of pain have broken up with Barbarian going with Bobby Heenan. Although there's they no breakup. They were broken up. Their yeah. contracts were sold to different managers. God, get it right. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's uh, a real fact. Right. Well, although there's no word on what uh, the Warlord is going to be doing, Uncle Dave doesn't particularly think anyone will miss him if he's gone. <laughs> yeah, a little Batista would. Right. <laughs> uh, he's about, like, the one. But, you know, whatever. Oh, God. Oh, that figure. I I never did get the Warlord figure. I, I wanted to. I just, it was always one of them it's where. Stupid um, not having the Barbarian with it, though. Right. It was always one of those that, where I was like, ah, I'll get it later. I'll get it later. And I just I figures like that. They're gone quick. You got to grab that when you can see it. Yeah, they never. And this will, I don't know how weird this one would have been. They should have released the powers of pain together in their uh, their road warrior ripoff attire. I thought that's the one everyone cool. wants, myself included. Yep. Or at least no watch to their AWA peaks. Yeah. If, if nobody knows what I'm referencing when I say Road Warrior ripoff, it's, it's not just the face paint, but they literally had black tights with their names down the side in like yellow or red lettering, just like the Road Warriors. So it's like, my God, you guys really tried hard at this, didn't you? Well, them and but, Demolition are not Road Warrior ripoffs, too. Oh, yeah, no. I, well, Demolition is if the Road Warriors, you know, wanted to get into BDSM, but well, you know, whatever. <laughs> And for anybody that thinks I'm insulting them, I am a huge Demolition fan, so I'm just cracking fun at them. But <laughs> this one... Did you oh get an autograph from them in New Orleans? I did, and I still got it uh, uh, safely packed away. There we and go. Why would you sto- want that on proud display? Yeah, well, I, I will once I get a, uh, a uh, man cave slash office going on. But... Paul Roma and Hercules have formed a new team. Hercules. <laughs> they formed a new tag team, uh, which will be called the Tag Team of the 90s. Uh, no, it would be called that. Right. Matter of well, fact, that was the that was the tagline they stuck on the on the rockers. <laughs> well, Uncle Dave. You know, I, 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 wrong there, huh? 
Well, Uncle Dave can't wait for the decade to end, if that's true. <laughs> but uh, I, I, this is the second time I got to do it. <laughs> Hashtag plans changed. They are power and glory. The tag team of the 90s. Mother of God. Uh, although Paul Roma would go on to uh, join the Four Horsemen and, and, you know, Ric Flair would be jealous of him. He wishes uh, he was Paul Roma. Shop guy from WWE? <laughs> <laughs> no, Greg. The guy who Ric Flair wishes he was, damn it. I love all he could be Paul Roma. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Was he actually a job guy in WWE? Because I, Glory- I don't think so, but I don't think they ever won any matches. I know that yeah. may sound like, well, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, he was a job guy, but they never really won anything. Yeah, well, I know he was in the Young Stallions, and then he was in Power and Glory. I might be missing one, I don't remember. But uh, either way, yeah, I I don't know if he was like necessarily a job guy, but... I, I think know, job but, guy, I think I like Brooklyn Brawler and Iron Mike Sharp. Those are job guys. Yeah, right. Well, uh, it's uh, it's funny that we got on this subject right at this point, because Buddy Rose came to the tapings for his jobber role, uh, and his weight is even more out of control than feared, as he's at 355 pounds, and Vince McMahon is furious. Damn it, pal. We God. want a playboy. God dang it, pal. You're not vascular. You're, you're, God, I, like, I just sink into you. What the hell? You're like a sack of pudding. Uh, anyway, apparently, uh, according to Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> he was messing with Jim Cornette. But I guess when Jim Cornette was like at his heaviest in WWF, uh, Vince like grabbed him by the jacket or whatever. And he like instantly lets go. He's like, oh, God, I sunk into you. <laughs> <laughs> like he was repulsed by just touching Jim Cornette. It's like, uh, did you have the same reaction grabbing Paul Bearer? It's like, I don't know. Like, well, maybe Paul Bearer wasn't as fun to mess with because Paul Bearer would hit you back with a with a, a rib. But anyway, uh, speaking speaking of losers, Ron Garvin is now basically a jobber, losing oh, in total <laughs> losing in total squashes to Earthquake every night. Ah man, we have that epic submission match with Greg Valentine at Royal Rumble nineteen ninety. Yeah, he won, I believe. Like you won that? Uh, was that the wait? What, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot about that match. Where it was like figure four versus figure four, and they yeah, yeah and that. Valentine has the shin guard on, which puts more pressure. <laughs> yeah, you know, that makes sense. And then uh, I think Garvin stole it in mid match or whatever. I, I, I want to say we reviewed it. Uh, I've I definitely watched it back recently because I watched all the Royal Rumbles, but I don't remember if we reviewed it or not. Yeah, uh, let's see. We did review it uh, back in 2021, so it is in the archives. Uh, I was going to say, I was like, I remember watching that damn thing and talking about it, but... Yeah, because we were poking fun at him being the former NWA champion. Like, this was the top guy in the NWA. Yeah, right. Yeah, you lost a Valentine on TV. What good are you to me now? (laughs) It wasn't on TV, it was on pay-per-view. Yeah, I know, but how dare you? Still. Oh, yeah, that makes it better. It kind of does. It wasn't nationally televised in yeah, a technicality. Right. Well, in the category of so ironic that Alanis Morissette would sing about it, uh, Damien oh. the Snake. <laughs> at what? 
Uh, Damien the Snake has been suspended from the WWF for biting Jake Roberts twice in the past week. Suspend the snake. Yeah, let that sink in for a moment. Uh, so for the moment, the part you named of it Damien, Damien for crying out loud. Yeah, right. It's not going to be. You, you didn't see the evilness awesome. coming, right? Uh, but for the moment, the part of Damien will now be played by a rubber hose in a bag. Not Lucifer. Yeah. To which I say, what, what the fuck? Uh, why? This kind of like maybe the snake. Is the one earthquake smashes? Uh, I think so. He makes Quake burgers out of them. Yeah. Uh, this is what makes me like think maybe the snake had good reason for biting his ass because I think it was Bruce Pritchard kind of spilled the Bit beans on. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Bruce Pritchard sp- spilled the beans on. He said Jake treated them treated them snakes like crap, and he forgot one in his trunk one night when uh, when they were driving from town to town, and it was in the middle of winter. And he comes out, and the snake's frozen to death. Oh, man. How yeah. did Pete and I go after him? Yeah, right. Well, might not have been a big thing back then. But that's just effing gross, first of all. Second of all, I don't. I hate snakes. But that's effed up. I feel bad for him. Just, dude, why, why would you give one of the most irresponsible people in your company a, an animal to care for? Who are you going to give the snake to, Hulk Hogan? Uh... Nobody. <laughs> I feel like maybe you just like we'll call you the snake. You don't actually have to carry a snake. You know, like how about that? I'll bet he was extra cautious with that with that with that uh, cobra. Oh god, yeah. Well, had to be at that point. And wasn't it they brought in a gigantic effing snake that they were gonna carry to the ring with them at one point for Survivor series? And they just said this MF is just way too damn big. I think there was promos with them all holding it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I guess they were going to carry it to the I don't remember who, like, but I remember seeing the promo. Them all holding yeah. it. Like in and a straight it, line. Yeah, and they said like, it was just like a like, demonstration at a zoo or something. Hey, hey everyone line them. Feel the snake. Right. And these are gigantic, like, uh, muscular men, by the way. And even they apparently had a hard time lifting it. They said it came in a gigantic crate. And then, you know, came the uh, the practical, normal questions of, Okay, if they walk this thing to the ring, there's a gigantic snake at ringside with people all around it. Uh, what if it, you know, goes rogue? I mean, uh, you know, so many logical. windows in there. I'm only alone, but yeah, right. Well, hey, Jake went rogue with a snake one time at the uh, Legends of Wrestling, but or excuse me, Heroes of Wrestling. But uh, now in the archives. No, we did. We have not reviewed that one yet, but I, 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 I want to get that one on the docket. Like I feel we should. That's a bonus. You are f***ing in the head. What? Hey, come on, man. Like, uh, you, you don't want to see some of the worst wrestling ever from some well, people. Well, I already watched we... the show that we're doing right now. Well, some of the worst wrestling ever from guys that we grew up loving. That it's just, like, sad to see them as a shell of themselves. <sighs> but anyway. I watch Chris Jericho on AEW all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. That one's, uh... I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> but uh, getting into the NWA side of things here, Sting went for his knee surgery this week, and Dr. James Andrews is re- is uh, recommending that he stay out of the ring until August. So the NWA is pretty much boned. 
However, it will stay out until June, I believe. Right. Or maybe it was July, I forget. Well, however, however, uh, Sting is claiming that he'll be back by July using his weightlifting background to heal faster with magic or something. Uh, for you know, when your knee is, is busted, you always want to just sit there and lift weights. Exactly. That's you know, all heals. that top-heavy weight goes somewhere. Yeah, when... when Who might have knocked it? It apparently works, so... When all the ligaments in your knee are just effed, you know, the first thing you want to do is hip, lift really heavy weights with it. <laughs> but for strange, some strange and unknown reason, the uh, promotion is being totally honest with the fans about or on TV about this. Strange uh, reason. <laughs> well, it is wrestling. Uh, and their listing is recovery time as six months to one year, which is exactly what Sting was told. For what it's worth, Sting really did end up coming back way ahead of schedule. This is when he so, beat player for the title, right? Right. So, was he John Cena before John Cena was John Cena? I mean, uh, he had the yeah, he had the buzz cut at the time. So, if there's anybody back in there you would compare to Cena, people would go right to Hogan. Now, how's it not Sting? Yeah, right. Well, he had the buzz cut. He had the tan. He was vascular. With the girls. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, his promos were a little less coherent. I I, I would say, <laughs> but. Uh, he 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 distracted you with the with the the wooing and the and the bright colors and the and the shouting and and yeah, just the excitement. <laughs> it's like, but the Ultimate Warrior. It was like after a while, you're like, the hell is this guy saying? The Sting, like he he got away with it after a while. Like it it honestly took me a while before I was because like, usually his match is delivered, right? Uh, with Sting, it it honestly took me years before I like started listening to his promos back in the day. I was like. God, like, what the hell was he saying? Like, he's just like, it was like whatever popped into his head. He's like, yeah. And there were actual promos where he's like, I, I don't have anything to say. Woo! No, like, at least he's honest. Uh, with Russell War coming up, Uncle Dave has no earthly idea how it will do with uh, Lex Luger in the main event. There's just too many factors. Although TBS oh did request, <laughs> although TBS, why, what, what did Luger do to anybody that ever made him all mad like this? Dude, every dirt sheet writer ever craps on him hard get it. core. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Keith Mitchell and I had an exchange about that one time because I was like, like he had said something backhanded about Luger or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I remember him winning. Like every time he won the world title, like the crowd just like blowing the roof off the place unless he was, you know, heel or something. Back and, and look at 1997 against Hogan. Right. And he literally go blue. Sorry. Uh, I, well, I'm going to speak over that and pretend it didn't happen. But Keith Keith Mitchell literally told, like, tried to tell me, it's like, oh, no, nobody cared. I'm like, you could hear the ovation. I'm not <laughs> deaf, dude. Like, oh, no, and people no, no, are they, really liberal with the word nobody, by the way, too. He's like, well, uh, no, I was there, and, and uh, I remember. I'm like, I have it on, like, like, you can watch it on any video ever. Even the not, like... And WWE doesn't go back and, and uh, in post put in cheers to old WCW events. You can put in audio. You can't. Stupid. I don't think you can. I guess you could. If it takes it takes a lot of work to digitally put people jumping out of their seats for things. You can put in audio, but you can't put in that. Right. And then when when it was so undeniable, like stuff like that, Uncle Dave tried to make excuses. Well, you know, they they just cheered the title change. And as soon as the you know they realized what was happening after the show went off the air, then That's nobody the gave a damn. You get for money in the bank sharing the cash in. Not yeah. 
it's like, and, and he tries to, well, as soon as the cameras went off the air, you know, people started booing or nobody gave a damn. It's like, shut the F up, man. It's like, you're just trying, to, like, any way you can. <sighs> Whatever. But either way, uh, getting back to this, though, uh, TBS did record ratings for this past two weeks. Uh, so maybe they can sell people on the show. In fact, although they're not historical highs or anything, they're still up double from the normal levels of 87 through 88, or excuse me, 87 through 89. Uh, and that's a really good sign. Yeah, I mean, Turner took over and they had an uptick for a while. But look, the first year they made any money at all, was 1995. Uh, Eric Bischoff talked about who's that. On top, who's on top of the company that, that year? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think it was strictly Hogan all, all throughout 95. <laughs> As far as I as far as I know. And that was his first full calendar year in the company, by the way. Just pretty sad they had to use Vince's guy to get there. Yeah, it sucked. But yeah, I mean, hey, look, I love Ric Flair and this isn't a, a knock on him, but he wasn't exactly bringing in great cable ratings, you know, that and he wasn't. I realize he's well, actually, the guy. And I realize he's the guy on top. And there were years in the 80s where they did really well. But I don't know. Conrad talked about it with uh, Eric Bischoff, and and he brought some actual facts. That might and be sensitive to him. him so. Yeah, right. Hey, don't you diss on Pop Pop. Anyway, uh, Steve Williams was offered a severely reduced contract with the NWA, so he's going to make history as the first foreigner to work for both All Japan and New Japan at the same time and rake in cash in the process. He's going to get that Herb Abrams money soon, too. Yeah, right. Good Lord. Uh, great. Yes, uh, Blackjack Brawl, 1994. Uh, we had fun with it. I'll say Go that. Go watch Dark Side of the Ring first. Right. Uh, the show's, like... The actual pay-per-view we're covering sucked a high hard one, but uh, the pay- the podcast was entertaining. But Great Muda and the box? Dragon, Great Muda and the Dragon Master both quit after the clash. Although Uncle Dave notes that Dragon Master never should have been hired in the first place. The hell's Dragon Master? Uh, he was. It was. Uh, I don't know if you remember. It was like um, Gary Hart was his one manager, and then he had the Dragon Master as his other manager. I don't know who I don't know who the, the Dragon hell. Master had the Dragon Master's other manager. Yeah, or Great Great Muda. Yeah, I'm sorry. Great Muda had Gary Hart and the Dragon Master as this his life of two me. managers. Yeah. But he was he was there with him. Uh it was Sakurata. Not the MMA guy, is it? Not Sakurapa. Okay, so oh, okay. The black ninja, great kendo, the white ninja. He was the black <laughs> ninja and the white ninja. Well, how about that? Despite well, being a Japanese man, okay. Uh, <laughs> he came to the hey. He came to the light side. That's, uh, that's highly regarded by Bret Hart as a significant trainer. Really? How about that? I yeah. I don't know what the hell Uncle Dave had against him. I I, I will say that I don't think he added anything to Muda's presentation, but he was there. So I don't know. But anyway, uh, the Muda. Thing, I don't was, know what Dave had. Against Instant, you can apply it to a lot of people. Yeah, right. Uh, but, the, but the Muda issue is largely being blamed on the bad influence of Gary Hart, who got into Muda's head from day one and convinced him that audiences would never cheer a Japanese babyface. Booker's tried repeatedly to turn Muda, and Muda kept turning them down because he was scared of losing his spot or not being over. 
This, despite NWA audience liter- audiences literally from day one, often cheering the supposed heel Muda louder than anyone other than maybe Sting. With Gary Hart, oh God, fired, I hated him because he always beat up my guys. <laughs> <laughs> Had nothing to do with him being Japanese. Oh, yeah. he's just always beating up my guys. Yep, specifically always Sting, heel man. But with Gary Hart fired in September, or excuse me, in December, it was hoped that Muda would. Uh, come to his senses and agree to turn, but his attitude got worse and worse. And after Starcade, he felt like he was being jobbed out and basically checked out at that point. Yeah, I think Jim Ross talked about that where he said, like, he confirmed that about Gary Hart because he said Gary managed heels and Muda was his meal yeah. ticket. And he knew that if Muda turned face, then there would be no Gary Hart, you know, or no need for him. So he, he would lose his meal ticket. So he, he tried to convince Muda, oh, you don't want to turn face, brother. You need me. Yeah, God. This one, I don't know what the hell happened here, but I mean, it, oh, it's addressed. A reassuring start. <laughs> well, it, it involves something on the show that we'll get to, but Danny Spivey vanished this past week and missed all the shows for unknown reasons. So it's sure dangerous, seems- Danny Spivey. So it sure seems like me and Mark will be getting another partner to work as a single. Or He's or, on his way to Herb Abrams, I believe, Dan Spivey. In 90? I believe so. I believe he's in the AWA. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Was it, not, was it AWA? No, it wasn't. What was it called? UWF. UWF, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember. But, yeah. It's, he's a couple years walk. away from being Waylon Mercy. Right. And uh, being well past his prime by that point. Well, it's raining pink slips in the NWA this week. Say what? goodbye. Say goodbye to the dynamic dudes. Rip Morgan, no! and Jack. <laughs> Rip Morgan and Jack Victory. Everyone who's Samoan. Not Jack Victory. Uh, the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette, and probably a few more. Uncle Dave hastens to clarify that this doesn't mean that they're fired, but it does mean that their contracts will What the not- hell does it mean? Their contracts will not be renewed at the same rate when they expire in May and constitutes 90 days notice that they can be fired if they don't sign a new contract at that point. None of that makes any sense. You're getting a pink slip for a lower contract, and if you don't resign, you're fired. If you don't resign, you're not there. How can you be fired if you haven't resigned? None of that makes any damn sense to me. (laughs) I know. That's like, I I quit. No, you can't quit because you're fired. I'm not coming in tomorrow because I quit. No, get that you're fired. But anyway, this is actually why the Iron Sheik got paid for a year without working because his contract was set to renew, and no Bubba. one gave him. No one gave him ninety days notice, so he just collected another hundred grand from Pocket. Jim heard. Uh, and he uh, collected another hundred grand from Crockett for a year when it automatically rolled over. The royal family weren't actually under contract, so they're fired legit. Uh, the company really want uh, the royal family was Jack Victory and Rip Morgan. Uh, you getting more royal than that, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Why well, uh, the world? I think King Jack Victory and Rip Morgan, man. I mean, pff, come on, the guy that used to follow <laughs> around the sheep herders and wave the flag. God. Or, anyway, uh, the company really wants. The company really wants to keep uh, Cornette around and get rid of Eaton and Lane. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But I, think Eaton already, I think Eaton just leaves and they keep Elaine and Cornette. If I remember correctly, I think that's what Cornette said. 
or maybe Sam Lane uh, left. Other way around, actually. Uh, Eaton Eaton ended up sticking around when when the other two took off. Uh, because Cornish said he was just too damn loyal for his own good. Sometimes. Yeah, well, he said Eaton needed the job and he was getting paid well, so he just stuck around and and. Whereas Stan Lane and Cornette were like, we don't need the money, so we're out. Ironically, Stan Lane and Cornette eventually both go to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but either way, but the three of them insist on negotiating as a trio and thus annoying those in the front office. They are they, uh, a group. Right. Well, basically, the feeling is that the Midnight Express has run their course in the company and it's time to scale back uh, the talent a lot. The well, guy, not the crap on him. You can only do so many rock and roll versus midnight matches. I say that before we even do the show, mind you. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I and I, I get that. But the guy, I, I'm going to give credit to Scott Keith from uh, uh, Scott Keith's blog of doom, uh, where I get a lot of notes from. Uh, I've got to point this out. Like, or well, he pointed out actually was. Uh, you know, I can't imagine looking at the NWA's roster in 1990 and being like, oh, we need to cut some dead weight and whatever. And you cut the Midnight Express. Probably the best tag team in the world at that point. Yeah, right. Uh, no, you know, we'll, we'll keep around these other people who aren't worth a damn. Nah, no, but let, let's keep or let's let's cut Eaton and Lane because you know, cut Flair while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who, who gives a damn about them? Oh, God, I, my head hurts. Uh, speaking of uh, talent and contracts here, an update on the Tully Blanchard contract. Tully now claims that he got his 176 dates, but they actually cut the money offer to $100,000. Either way, it wasn't worth it for him. Hi, oh, yeah, hundred grand? How is he going to eat? In 1990, by the way. <laughs> I know. Not, right? hundred grand now might not be a lot of money for a wrestler, but 1990? Holy crap. I get that was... I, I most likely it was a pay cut for him, especially when he's like, wow, that kind of money isn't worth it. Like, okay. So it was probably a pay cut for him. You like, just come back. Well, yeah. Well, God dang, dude. Like you just got turned down for a job from the Like they didn't even want to hire you period earlier. And the WWF isn't an option right now. You're just going to say F it. I don't need this job. Like what? I don't even well, know how to respond to that. Maybe don't I mean, respond to it. Won't hurt your head. <laughs> it's just like, where the hell else are you going to go? Whatever. But, God, uh, speaking of where the hell else are you going to go, the El Gigante experiment in NWA begins anew as oh they're God. training him as they're training him again and want him ready to debut in May. <laughs> yeah. So that's a thing. So the NWA were also trying to sign Buster Douglas to be the referee for the Flair Luger match, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <sighs> so you mean Ted Turner wasn't willing to shell out for him? Oh, God. Uh, anyway. The guy who beat the guy. <laughs> so the just NWA... say that one more time. <laughs> to the USWA, where the Southern Rockers real team won the tag titles from stud lazy stable, naming uh, from stud stable on February 12th in Memphis. And they proceeded to win them every night that week over and over again. This was actually a very common thing all the way up until the nineties when people suddenly had internet access 
and could find out who uh, about title changes in other towns. And you don't get much more Southern wrestling than that. Uh, also, Junkyard Dog made an impromptu challenge to Jerry Lawler on the February 12th show and pinned him in seconds, which Uncle Dave notes sets up this year's version of Flair vs. Steamboat. Holy hell. Oh, he's a dick, but that's kind of funny. When I was a kid, I loved the junkyard dog, but no. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Kevin Von Erich, who had missed a bunch of shows for the usual Von Erich reasons, suddenly returned and claimed that sorry, he had sorry, been... Sorry, hold on, hold on. Educate me here. What are the usual reasons? Uh, I'd never known him as a drug guy, so I'm going to assume he just didn't want to be there and blew it off. So, yeah. Uh, but he claimed that he'd been on a world tour. Hey, careful when you're talking about the Von Erichs on this show. You get in trouble. Oh, I know. Well, he said he'd been on a world tour, and, uh, and Scott Keith of his, the blog of Doom said, uh, yeah, of his couch. Scott Keith. Uh, I'm just going to yeah. take a stab in the dark guess here. White guy? I don't know what he looks like, but good guess. Scott Keith, come on, dude. <laughs> I want to say he's a foreigner as well. Like, And when I say foreigner, I mean, like, I think he's British or Canadian or some crap. Up, I don't dude. even know. Who the hell is he? Uh, I don't know. He... he... He writes for he ha, he has the the blog of doom which uh, you can find Scott uh, is he Australian guy you said uh no I I think he's like five thousand Scott I, I think he's Canadian you can find him on Twitter I I, I want to say this is his actually yeah he's from Saskatchewan so he's Canadian uh from the hand in his picture uh I'm he's definitely white and being that Canadian also confirms that. Dude. Right. Uh, but uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, I think this is his legit page. It's at RSPWFAQ. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he he does a lot with, uh, like I said, the, the blog of doom and whatever. So go check that out. It's uh, it's kind of funny at times, but he's born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Edmonton, dramatic pause, Alberta, Canada. Exactly. There you go. And uh, so, uh, anybody out there, you know, trying to find like news and notes and stuff on various classic pro wrestling events, and even Kura once, you might come across Scott Keith at a, a time or two. But either way, getting back to this, uh, to Oregon, where Art Beetlejuice Bar introduced new partner Jeff Wagner as the Big Juicer. Wow. Excuse me, Jeff. Excuse me, Jeff Warner, not Wagner. Uh, Uncle Dave is the just Big Robert. Juicer. Holy crap. Why would you call yourself that? I look at a picture of him here. Yeah, I can. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to assume he did it. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dave. He is, is a just... ripped mofo. Well, Uncle Dave is raffle mowing at that name. So there you go. Ah, God. Well, that. What is Ricky phase? He just went by Big Juice, Jeff Warner. Wow. Now, see, I was going like my mind was in the gutter, like thinking like sexual innuendos with it. But uh, I oh, you said the, juice. I went right to steroids, especially the wrestling. Yeah. That makes more sense. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, let's go to George Scott's TV tapings for some indie promotion in the Northeast. Dude, uh, you know this guy's team with? He teamed with Scotty Flamingo. <laughs> well, there you go, man. That's your claim to fame. Uh, Flamingo juice. Should have been their team name. Wow. That sounds like a horrible alcoholic drink. Yeah, right. It's got a little pink umbrella in it. 
But anyway, uh, Scott Keith's TV tapings for his indie promotion in the Northeast. He's using guys like Ricky Steamboat, John Studd, and Bob Orton. However, the guy that they're currently pushing most is newcomer Vince Torelli, a former amateur uh, wrestling star who is green but really talented with lots of potential. His real name, Ken Shamrock. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Ken Shamrock got into wrestling back in 1990 as a as a wee rookie. I would say this as a kid watching the Attitude Era, like he was never one of the guys like you think would appeal to um, uh, w- would appeal to you know kids and stuff like that. But I was a pretty big Ken Shamrock fan, like in the in the late nineties. I remember in Old New Orleans, like I would ask him, "Why did you ever get a title run?" They didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Jim Ross, uh, they never get, they wanted to give him the title. He said they never like pulled the the cord with him because he said uh, Kenny was always wanting to go back to MMA and they were like, why would we invest in this guy if he's not sticking around? Plus he said he... Cor- sho- Cornette had an idea to get him the title, not in a traditional way. His idea, oh, he God. said, was to make him be the guy that faced Bret Hart in Montreal and make him tap out. <laughs> yeah, right. And with as Sometimes many, you know... might have worked. I, mean, I can be wrong, but, you know. There's much of, you know... Bret Hart as a pro wrestler, uh, I'm sure was a, you know, could shoot on people and, you know, could stretch them. But Ken Shamrock is a, like a lethal freaking weapon. Like, at, this point, at the point we're talking about too, he's probably the best martial, mixed martial artist in the world. Yep. The uh, world's most dangerous man was not just a moniker. It was a fact. But yeah, uh, I, I love Ken Shamrock, uh, but I, they also said uh, Ken Shamrock or uh, Jim Cornette said there were a few times that they didn't want to pull the cord with him because he said uh, he would show up late or miss dates or whatever. And his, he said, Oh, he just felt like he wasn't dedicated. So he's like, yeah, we can't, we can't invest in a guy like that, which, you know, you can say whatever you want. About Brock Lesnar. Right. Yeah. And you can say whatever you want about Brock Lesnar or whatever, but I've never he's heard of megastar. him. Yeah. Well, it's, I've never heard of him. No showing or big dog in him or anything like that. So yeah, he, he left, uh, you know, his first run in WWE, but he came back, and apparently he's been doing great business ever since then. Like nobody's ever, nobody's ever. I don't even think accused him of, uh, you know, showed up on Raw Monday night and the place blew. Right. Yeah, he's still over all these years later. So it's funny you mentioned the, uh, the Hart family though, because this story isn't about the Hearts necessarily, but it's, uh, well, it's Canadian. The new CNWA promotion in Calgary is just death with crowds dropping. Calgary what? Huh? Calgary what? Alberta, Canada. You're going to say you better get it right, dude. Wow. Disrespectful. Uh, but they have a product so sanitized that everyone acts like baby faces straight out of the 1940s, even the heels. It's Ooh, just that terrible. That sounds like fun. <laughs> uh now, God, uh, to the AWA, as the Trooper was advertised as working a tag title match with Paul Diamond against the Destruction crew, but he told them that he wouldn't be there due to prior commitments. So, to explain his absence to the crowd of 100 or so people, they announced that the, <laughs> the Trooper, they announced that the Trooper's parents were in a car wreck the night before and died. What the fuck? There's like a billion other things you could have said. 
uh, because Vern Gagne is, was uh, not a How about that he couldn't make it because he's injured or he's sick? Nope, parents died. That's disgusting, dude. I know. I think Vern was like, had legit lost his mind at this point. This is just, wow. <sighs> also on that show, he John used death as an excuse. Yeah, I know. But also on that show, John Nord worked against a big stiff oh. named. Oh. <laughs> he worked against a big stiff named the Night Stalker. He would go on to become Brian Clark, a.k.a. Adam Baum, a.k.a. Rath. It's a big stiff. <laughs> Tell me you wrote that. <laughs> uh, I got to give that one to Uncle Dave. But yeah, big stiff. I'm oh. sure that I'm sure that big bastard uh, uh, throws a stiff clothesline like that rhino. Uh. <laughs> that reminds yeah. me of that uh, episode of Fresh Prince. Do you remember that one where Uncle Phil's like, "What do I got to be the heavy? <laughs> we'll just look at it. <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> heavy? <laughs> oh man! Uh, final story I got here. This one is uh, speaking of heavy. In Puerto Rico, Hercules Ayala got indicted on two counts of dealing cocaine out of his store. And the trail starts in April. Uh, well, you know, today... You Sorry, know, I got today, you know, today, Greg, wrestlers make second careers in video gaming or podcasting. In the 90s, they dealt drugs. Hey, Flair uh, opened a weed farm. Didn't, isn't Flair, isn't uh, Jim Ross doing it too? Uh, I know Kevin Nash has his own kind of weed. Uh, but yeah, I know. Well, Jim Ross sells barbecue sauce. I don't know about the weed. I'm pretty sure you said somebody's doing weed too. For God's sake. Well, you know, hurry. You smoke a lot of this. You're going to want to eat a lot of barbecue. You know, sassafras. You know, you God. do. You op- you get into wheat and then you open a bakery. Boom. Uh, any, any kind of food product. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh God. You're, you're literally servicing both ends, but we're going to take Good our Lord. next break. When we come back from this, we're going to dive into the event at hand uh. after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, Alan. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Listen, old boy, he gather a red. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. WCW Russell War 1990. The date was February 25th, 1990. The show happened. The tagline Wild Thing. Yeah. Uh, The venue was the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Kakalaki. Excuse me. In Greensboro, North Carolina. Carolina. Uh, the attendance was 9,894. Not terrible. That's that's a decent crowd for the NWA, definitely. Well, the buy rate was 1.60, which amounted to about 175,000 buys. Again, not bad for the NWA. We start off with a music video that I can only describe as only slightly better than Russell Rock Rumble. Please tell me you get that reference. No. The AWA's Russell Rock Rumble. You've never seen that. Russell Rock Rumble. I thought it sounds like a video game. Yeah, I think like a Super Nintendo wrestling game or something. You and our listeners have not lived until you've seen Nick Bockwinkle and Larry Zbysko rapping. Oh well, I saw Larry Zbysko and Kurt Henning and Scott Hall rapping for the AWA. Yeah, that's what I'm video talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, then yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that's I see the, the Russell Rock Rumble. It was the name. It was the name of a show. Yeah, I've, seen the, I've seen the promo. Right. It was the name of. They actually had a show called the Wrestle Rock Rumble, and they made a music video for it, where they would get their the the talent in AWA to rap. Because when I think rap, man, I think Kurt Henning and Scott Hall. Yeah. When I think of rap, I think old white guys from Minnesota. In the nineties. Uh, right. Ugh. But anyway. Uh, this time they're rapping about Russell War, though. So, uh, and and the war here is on my ears. <laughs> it's a war on your senses. We now go to com- the commentary team of Jim Ross and Terry Funk. Funk says that he is the wild thing, and he calls Ross Jimbo Diddley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a Texas boy and an Oklahoma boy. I don't think they're getting along. You and your damn Sooners. Your mother's a whore. Anyway, we find out that Sting is injured here and won't be competing tonight. Now, we're sent to Gordon Sully, standing by with Theodore Arlong. Long says that tonight, I didn't know this was his nickname. Yeah, ever, by the but... way, haven't forbid we started the match, by the way. <laughs> welcome to the show, send in the back. Yep. Uh, uh, well, welcome to Wrestle War. This is Terry Funk, and I'm Jim Ross. To the back! Holla, holla, holla. 
Yeah, and, uh, and, and the first thing I want to do after coming in from a rapping music video to open the show is go right to the two whitest southern boys I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> but not, Gordon Sully's, not fair, Barry Window was involved. <laughs> uh, but Gordon Sully's standing by with Teddy Long, and Long says that tonight he's not dancing Teddy Long, which I had no idea that was his nickname. He says he's Sugar Ray Long, which... That doesn't make sense, but okay. Uh, well, you know, he looks like Mark McGrath a little bit. <laughs> God. Long informs us that Dan Spivey is hurt. Sure. Uh, so he's going to be replaced. Uh, oh, look at it. Someone's hurt. Not not someone died. Look at that. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all. Uh, Dan Spivey couldn't make it tonight because uh, his, his, uh, his family died. Anyway. But he says he's got a replacement that's just as good. Oh well, thank God, it's just as good as dance. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go out and say no. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I, look, you and I both said dance Spivey's not bad, but you're not replacing Ric Flair. That's not exactly like the highest of bars to clear. Right. <laughs> and somehow he managed to undershoot that bar. So good for him, I guess. Like replacing Scott Hall with Eric Young. Oh God! Uh, but he also no, says, "Right." He also says that he's got a big surprise tonight, and he's not going to reveal it just yet. Cool. Oh, you know that means they're making us wet, wash through this crap. Yeah. But our first match of the night is. Oh, uh, here we go. Now this first Kevin... match, by the way, hold on. This first match right here is where you kind of you trip me up yeah, because you why? said something about them being fired, and here they are. Oh. Yeah, right. That's why freaking Dave. Like it's like, okay, so they're not fired. They just they're being told you have to re-sign a contract at a lower rate. I don't think so I was gonna mention that, but I didn't want to get too off or out of off topic, but even though we always do. You said the dynamic dudes. I'm like, wait, how can they be fired? They're, they're on the show. Right. Uh, unfortunately, but yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh it is Kevin Sullivan and Buzz Sawyer. Taking on the dynamic dudes of Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. It goes for 10 minutes, 15 seconds. I'll say this. The crowd actually cheers for the dudes. Cool. Uh, but what a damn Would you cheer for the dynamic dudes if you were a kid in the 90s? Let's look at them. I don't I'm not know, even being sarcastic. Be like, look at them. They're the epitome of white, white meat baby face. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're colorful. They got the bleach blonde hair. They're tan. They jump around. Yeah, I might have. I don't know. Uh, my my era of like when I first started watching wrestling, those kind of characters were fading out. So I, I really don't know how I would have responded, to be honest with you. But man, what? A, speaking of that, what a damn contrast in looks between these teams. <laughs> you got the Necro Butcher on one side with the Devil Worshipper and the Dynamic Dudes. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, they're Buzz Sawyer. Okay, well, I've got a comment about it here in a minute. But look, I couldn't give a damn about this match. I was bored to tears. It felt like twenty minutes, not ten. Look, I'm gonna get a lot of crap. I don't care. I never thought Kevin Sullivan was good. I'm sorry, ever. No, I've never once no. saw a Kevin Sullivan match. I'm like, man, that guy's good. Right. The the best I ever saw him in were like the street fights with him and uh, Benoit. Benoit, yeah, it was it. I want to point out what you just said, by the way. Not even a wrestling match. You, what did you say? Right. Street fight, right? Yeah. I, I there you think go. it was a street fight. Yeah. 
But Buzz Sawyer looks like someone's drunk uncle who never gets invited to the family get-togethers, but yet he's still manages. <laughs> right. He's the drunk uncle that never gets invited to the family get-togethers, but he still somehow <laughs> manages to know when they are, and he shows up anyway. <laughs> who the hell told Uncle Buzz about this? <laughs> uh, he's already... His name is Buzz, by the way. I've never met a white guy named Buzz that didn't look like this. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Like, like, ah, Uncle Buzz showed up. Who the hell invited him? He's already deep into a six-pack at this point. He brings his own cooler everywhere he goes. (laughs) (laughs) And that boy is, and that baby is loaded. Yeah, right. Ah, But he... Oh, my God, look at something real quick. I want to make sure. Okay, don't crap on us. No one's crapping on the man. I know he's passed away, but no one's crapping on the man. Sorry. Oh, he passed away? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I was talking about his looks, okay? If anybody has a problem (laughs) with that, like, just too bad. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, that's... Yeah, but anyway. He died in Sacramento. Pretty close to me. Yeah. Sorry for his loss, but... (laughs) Nah, I'm kidding. But anyway. uh, For some God knows why reason... Buzz Sawyer wins after hitting a diving splash off the top onto Johnny Ace for the pin. I gave it. I actually felt uh, bad for Johnny Ace. I thought he broke his neck. Right. Well, he had to have that guy diving on him. Did you Did you notice the way he was holding his neck? Though, like I kind of felt bad for him. Uh, I didn't notice that part. No. Wow. Well, I I gave it a star, whereas Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter. Let's say you. I gave it one. I want to know where the hell that quarter comes from. <laughs> I'm like, why? Dave? Way too high. Where the hell's that quarter at? Right. Like this this match sucked. It was boring. Like, why was this a thing? Well, you gotta get Buzz Sawyer and Kevin Sullivan on the show, man. By God. Hell ever. We now go backstage with Missy Hyatt standing by with Norman. Yeah, it's like this, is, this isn't going to get weird or anything. Right. <laughs> it's Norman with multiple teddy bears. Norman and his bears are all wearing sting headbands. <laughs> That's a sentence which I have said. Uh, Missy wishes Norman luck in his match against Cactus Jack Manson. Uh, Mick Foley wrote in his book, by the way, that he hated that name and never wanted to be associated with Charles Manson. Why the hell would you ever use that name ever? He said it was thrust upon him. He didn't. He said, I think he came up with Cactus Jack and then I can't remember who gave him the name Manson. And he said, yeah, I'll just go with Cactus Jack. And they're like, no, this will make you more intimidating. It's like, I guess it could have been worse. It could have been Cactus Jack Hitler. My God, you go to the worst. Well, I mean, come on. It's like like uh, Charles Manson is exactly a choir boy. He's a piece of crap, yeah, too. Well, yeah, right. You're saying the only way you can get worse. Yeah. What? Hey. But, Not to sit know. here and rank pieces of crap or anything. I'm, I, I need a stage name. Maybe uh, Joseph Stalin. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, apparently this was a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known? Oh, oh, man. But anyway, Norman says Missy reminds him of his sister, but his sister is a much bigger. God. You and he does this shot of my sister? 
yeah i i just like all i could think of was he like leans in real close he's like you smell like the inside of my mama's purse (laughs) (laughs) uh but he gets a hug and kiss out of missy and he tries to get a kiss on the lips and missy says that she just heard the bell and has to go oh my god blame the guy she was all the way live back then hell yeah now Uh, no no i'm good this uh, right uh this comes from like this this reminds me of that meme now where it was like uh norman was definitely one of those guys in school who you know when he whenever he saw a girl in school he was like hey where's my hug for those who may not know by the way norman the lunatic you know who he is (laughs) Uh, well well, I will say this. At one point, he was Norman the Lunatic. Then they dropped it. And now he's just Norman, even though he's still a mental patient, I guess. But, you know, he's a good kind of mental patient. Who was he? Patient, David, whatever. You know what and, and then, well, first he's Friar Ferguson. And then he's Bastion Booger. Ugh. God dang it, pal. the Booger. Real theme, God. by the way. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I like how... I'm still stuck on... Jack Manson. <laughs> I like how Norman gets there and uh, like they're like, oh, well, it, it, like Bruce Pritchard actually said this when he was asked about the Bash and Booger gimmick. He's like, well, he was really out of shape by the time he got there, got to us. Yeah, because he's felt here in NWA. Yeah, he looked like, well, you know, another Lex Luger here. <laughs> right. God. But anyway, it's Cactus Jack Manson versus Norman. About three years Cactus Jack the Ripper. If they had to throw yeah. something else on there, yeah, I guess not so. that, that would be good, mind you, but <laughs> right. So this goes about nine and a half minutes. Norman comes out to some generic harmonica music, which is funny because Terry Funk compares him to Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! I didn't even piece that together. <laughs> <laughs> to those who don't get it, look up the Roseanne theme. So, yeah. But the crowd cheers. Also, by all. the way, early uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, Macho Man was hitting on Ron, hit, hitting on her on commentary. So I think he had a uh, dibs on that. <laughs> God. Uh, by the way, she, I, like I heard her, Tom Arnold got divorced. I mean, she's single now. <laughs> Good lord! This is a real yeah. thing, folks. Raw, Tom, uh, 1994. I think I'm on late 94. That Tom Arnold. I want to say it's like a couple, right, a couple Raws right before he left. Because Mason Man says it on the air that he couldn't come to new contracts, and he's gone. A couple episodes yeah. before that, he's hitting on Roseanne on commentary. I'm not even joking. Yeah, Tom Arnold, who most definitely 100% did not marry Roseanne Barr to boost his stock in Hollywood. Nope, not at all. Never. Anyway. Wait, the uh, the lead on the number one show in the world? No. Yeah, right. By the way, I, I never watched Roseanne. I didn't care for it, but I had no idea it was on in, in 90. Like, I, I didn't realize how old that I think it started was. in 88, if I remember correctly. Wow. You think about the career Johnny Galecki's had, man. Like, he's on one of the most popular Christmas movies of all time. Probably still making money off of it. He was on Roseanne. Then he was on Big Bang Theory. Like, that guy's got to be just like... He's got to have, like, a Scrooge McDuck vault at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think Big Bang had, um, obviously, more revenue coming in because, like, the time, the era... Yeah, right. And now it's on HBO Max, so yeah, and, and that's still one of the most watched shows on that on that uh, service. So there you go. If you watch it, you're called a big banger, according to Jim Cornette. 
Mother that's of God. When, a- when AEW's ratings fall off, it's because the big bangers tuned out. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a real thing, by the way. He calls them big bangers. Nice. Well, anyway, getting back to this, though, the crowd cheers a lot for Norman, letting me know that these people would have cheered for a baby face taking a big dump in the center of the ring. (laughs) (laughs) They just cheered for the dynamic dudes, and now Norman, like, all right. I'm sorry, did did people in WWE see this, by the way, and get the uh, inspiration for Eugene? Oh, God, I don't even know. I would think uh, either that or... They keep doing it like you and I discussed this before. It was Norman, Dave Sullivan, Eugene. Like, quit it. Like, why is why is this a thing? I want to I want to sit here and say maybe they just wanted some um, handicap representation. But yeah. yeah, no, I wouldn't be well, making someone who's not handicapped handicapped. I wouldn't be doing that. Right. Well, in WWE, like you could kind of oh maybe they were it's trying like to do some in, good. It's kind of like. Back when they needed like black representation, they turned Akeem into the American dream or African dream. Oh my god. Uh we get a God. We get another dated reference from Jim Ross who compares Norman to Haas Cartwright from Bonanza. <laughs> I gotta say that show went off the air in the seventies. <laughs> it's not all Vince. Did I message you this the other day when I was watching one of the old Royal Rumbles and Real Monsoon called uh Hogan the Greatest professional athlete in the world today. I'm just thinking oh. about like, man, it's not a data reference when he said, but it's like at the time, I'm, I'm just like hearing it in real time now. I'm like, wow, that was a thing back then. Like he said, he says the greatest professional athlete in the world today. And Jesse Ventura says greater than Joe Montana and J- Michael Jordan. I mean, now we look at these guys with such high esteem. Like, man, these are greats. Like at the time, they were just, just players. Just weird. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's nuts. <sighs> but either way, uh, so I couldn't wait for this one to end either. Cactus Jack tries for a sunset flip, but Norman beats him with a trip to the bat Even though that's not what he called it at this time. And I don't know if that was ever the official name for it, but yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I give it a star. Say you. This is going to be a statement here, but I gave it one star because this was the worst match of the night. Wow. Even worse than the one before this, eh? I thought so, yeah. Yeah. At least there was stuff going on in there, not a million bear hugs. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, well, I didn't expect to see much out of Norman. But yeah. It, you know what? Credit to him. I gave him zero expectations, and he exceeded them by being worse. <laughs> so, cool. You now go backstage with Gordon Sully interviewing Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. Cornette says that Things change, but the Midnight Express never changes. They're always the best in the business. Another thing that never changes is the fact that they hate the Rock and Roll Express. And yeah, that at this takes... point right here, I'm like, why did Jim Cornette never get into being an auctioneer as fast as he talks? Yeah, right. You, th- you think he would have uh, just cleaned up in that profession. And, you know, he had to have a lot of the stuff, like, rehearsed and whatnot. And then he just, like, I as soon as they... I to his damn podcast. He just dropped some crazy lines just randomly. And I'm like, oh, I don't man, think he rehearses. I think he's just that, that quick. Some of the lines he drops, like on his podcast when he's uncensored, it's like, God, like, how did you come up, like, come up with that crap? Like, why? Who says that? 
But anyway, uh, we now get to the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson taking on the Midnight Express of Sweet Stan Lane and Beautiful Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette in their corner. This goes for 19 and a half minutes. It's funny, given where things ended up 30 years later, that Sweet Stan announces Jim Cornette as, quote, the man who stole Ivana away from Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, but man. Then Jim Cornette follows that up by saying, I didn't even know he liked girls. Wow. Good Lord. Okay, so he's never liked them. Okay. <laughs> like, what the crap? Like, he, like, he's not even pulling any punches. He's just like, ah, I thought he liked men. <laughs> Mother of God. Anybody hear something in the background, by the way? My chair is squeaky. Sorry. How dare you sit in a squeaky-ass chair? You, hey, I bought it from Walmart, okay? Hey, Boom. your pay's your pay's getting docked, damn it. Your pay of $1. Oh, great. What am I going to do? I have to pay you now? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're, uh, I'm docking your pay of $0.00, and zero cents, damn it. But anyway, getting to this. Uh, at one point, Cornette gets on the apron and uh, repeatedly jabs his finger into referee Nick Patrick's chest. Nick returns the chest poke, and Cornette comes in to challenge him. out of you, dude. <laughs> uh, Cornette comes in to challenge him to a fist fight. This turns into a stupid comedy spot where Cornette flops out of the ring. The same uh, stuff that Cornette today mocks the hell out of on the show. People point that out to him, and he's like, oh, well, when I was doing it, it was because it was my gimmick. It's like, and like that's people and it's not Orange Cassidy's yeah, or, right. or Danhausen. <laughs> nope. Can't, it can't use that excuse. He wrestled a dude in a turtle suit. But, you know, that wasn't stupid. Uh, but Morton gets the knees up to block a rocket launcher. Uh, and then he makes the hot tag to Robert. He uh, gets a racket and uh, to the back from Cornette, but kicks out of a pin at two. Finally, Ricky is late to break up a flapjack attempt, so Robert gets on or gets out himself and pins Stan Lane to win. I don't think this is one of the team's best matches. Uh, I feel like it dragged Hell. on a bit too long. Uh, yeah, Dave, dude, I, yeah, I clocked it over twenty minutes. Yeah, well, and you, Uncle, you sent me a note ahead of time about this, so I was like, I'm gonna put a clock on this. I'm like, oh my god, you weren't lying. Supposedly, <sighs> the match bell to bell was nineteen and a half, but I don't know. I. I I had I, uh, I uh, over 20 minutes, but wow, That's... I might have included the entrances. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. Get the hell out. I gave it three. I thought it was good. Not great. Let's say you. I gave it two. Yeah, uh, it was it was fine. Like I said one of their best, but, you know, it is what it is. Either way, backstage, Gordon Sully is standing by with the Road Warriors and Paul Ellering. Hawk says to prepare for their Chicago street fight. They went back to Chicago. <laughs> slept Didn't we just mention this in the last episode? Yes. Wherever they are, you got to throw the name of the city on there. I think we just said it, didn't we? Yep, the like we city name street fight. Yeah, oh, God. But, but to prepare for this, they went back to Chicago, slept in streets, alleys, and gutters, and put 16 men in the hospital. Uh, I, need, I need a little bit more info here because cops are probably looking for you at this point. And being on national you're TV, you're live on TV. Yeah, right. Uh, don't think uh, that's the smartest, but either way, uh, we now get to this. It is 
Mean Mark Callis and the Masked Skyscraper with Teddy Long taking on the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, with Paul Ellering, the Chicago street fight that lasts about five minutes. So I have to go look this up. Do you know who the guy in the mask was? Yes, actually. Uh, so no one no one knew, at least uh, on commentary, nobody like had a name to call him, but he was a big jacked up mask guy. All I know is this was not, this was 100% not Jack Victory this time. Uh, High spot. But, Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell tell us who it is. Mike Eppin Enos. Hell yes. <clears throat> Who's claimed the fame as being in the ring when Scott Hall debuted in late, on Nitro in May of nineteen ninety six. Damn right. And is one of the Beverly Brothers. Oh yeah, he's the one whose son is not currently in NXT. Yeah right. He's probably happy yeah. about that. If that was his son. I'd be ashamed too because Von Wagner sucks. How <laughs> dare you? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the Road Warriors ride to the ring on the backs of motorcycles while Red Pyro lines the entry ramp. That was pretty cool. Uh, it, also, one other note I want to point out before we go. In looking up this thing for who was under the mask, I also came across a note that me and Mark was replacing Sid. Oh, my God. So both of them were replacements. <laughs> Gosh. Well... And and I, I do want to revise my statement a little bit. Like the the LOD entrance was cool, but it, it was made a little less cool by the fact that Hawk and Animal rode. B- no, and there was no Rocco the dummy. Oh God, yeah, because that would have made it better. Riding and having a dummy. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, just in case people think you're being offensive, tell them what riding means. Oh, it just means like being on the back. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this was, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a popular motorcycle shirt that the back of it says, if you can read this, the <laughs> fell off. Wow. Well, that's uh, messed up and clever. <laughs> I saw somebody riding a motorcycle wearing that shirt and they did not have a back seat. So that made me think, are you referring to the seat? Like, did that fall off? Or. <laughs> Something else. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the actual. Why is here. it on a motorcycle? A guy will put his wife behind him, but like on a bike, people will put the dog in a basket in front of them. You know that? Well, you don't want to put a basket on a motorcycle, I guess. I don't freaking no, know. I'm just saying, in general, not the, not the actual thing, but like on a, you put your animal in front of you, but the woman behind you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they just want to feel breasts on their back. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can buy that. Yeah, but uh, the team of Doom ends up making their way to the ring in tuxedos at one point. The team and, of Doom. And uh, Teddy Long hangs out with them on the ramp. Me and Mark gets dumped over the top, and the Mask Man takes the Doomsday device for the pinfall loss. By the way, Eno sucked. I don't know if he always no. sucked. Why I haven't seen enough Mike Enos matches to know. Hey, did he always suck, or is this like an like? I'm not gonna say he has, but I'm gonna say I've never seen anything that made me believe otherwise. So, okay. Well, I was gonna say I didn't know. If I can't, I'm not gonna be one of these guys sitting here and says he's always sucked. I don't know. I'm not a Mike Enos super fan, and I don't think he even exists. But how uh, dare you, <laughs> Mike F and Enos, man? That's his full Christian name, by the way. But <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this a star and a quarter. I give it. Two stars below average. What say you? 
I gave it two. It wasn't that bad. Nah, I've seen worse. I mean, that's not saying a whole lot, but I've seen worse. I'm wondering what's going to happen. What's going what's to become of all these guys? What's this mean Mark guy going to do? Uh, he's going to disappear and never be heard from again <laughs> until we get a random uh, Mattel figure from him, you know, all these decades later. Someone pointed out to me that I need to go get another one and get a Sid and put those chaps on him. Oh, F yeah. God, I have a Sid. I don't have a mean Mark. But Teddy Long gets back in the ring and the Road Warriors press to throw him over the top rope and into the arms of Doom. (laughs) Into the arms of Doom. Doom now gets in the ring ready to fight, going punch for punch with the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors eventually clear the ring, and Teddy Hart tells Simmons, or Ron Simmons and Butch Reed to leave with him. Ah, okay, then. We now go you know back. what I've never realized till now? What? That, the announcer always called him, the, the, they said, uh, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, the team of doom. Yeah. Were they trying to get it across as like the team of doom, or they are the team called doom? You know what I mean? I'm just not that, hearing yeah. it. I'm not hearing it. Like the team of doom. Right. I, I think it, it's one of them where it's like it could be either or, maybe. I don't know. That's a, it's a good way of looking at it, though. But uh, we now go back to commentary for a little while, so Jim Ross can let us know that every match for the rest of the card will be for championships. Cool. And now we get Flying Brian and the Z-Man. Defending the NWA United States Tag Team titles against the fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. This goes 24 and a half effing minutes. I never liked the Freebirds in long matches. I am sorry. I don't know if that offends anybody's sensibilities, but yeah. You will. But we get a jump start as the baby faces drop kick <laughs> the taunting heels out of the ring. <laughs> They, they put on their jackets and dance around for a while as their theme plays. That was funny. Uh, in the end, Crack breaks down and Pillman dives off the top rope with a crossbody onto Jimmy Garvin with a pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I'm like, were we watching two different matches? I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. Well, that was fine. Not great. It's fine. Anything with a Z-Man and he already got my attention. Oh, hell yeah. Although he's I don't think he was the Z-Man Z. here. Well, he's the Z-Man. <laughs> so, I I don't know why that was a thing. I feel like, like that name came about because Sting called me randomly in a promo. Yeah. You have the Z-Man here. Like, what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. His last name starts with Z. Okay, but what is it? I, I don't know. F you, that's why. Whatever. Where's the Y-Man in the... The X-Men are owned by Marvel, so. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Z-Man. Like, the Z-Men sounds like some, like, dollar store knockoff version of toys. <laughs> get. Wow. It's like, it's like he's got claws and, like, laser eyes at the same time. But after the match, Jimmy Garvin drops Flying Brian with a DDT, and the Freebirds take a powder to the back. Now we go to this. I already know what you're going to say. It's the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner. They're defending, they're defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against the Minnesota Wrecking Crew of Ole and Arn Anderson. This goes for about 16 minutes. Rick, Rick wears a sign to the ring that says Sting's Revenge. <laughs> yeah. 
so stupid. Okay. It was at this point, by the way, my note here is like, good grief, how many freaking tag matches are on this show? Right. Well, and he had it, you notice he had it pinned to his jacket like a little kid being put on the bus by his mom. <laughs> like, An episode of the 70s show with Kelso. Uh, if you don't understand, it's the explanation is pinned to my lapel. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but anyway, so it's at this point that I realize Sting isn't even there tonight, and he's all over the show. Well, I guess he, well, he yeah. is there, but <sighs> it's weird. But in the end, the Andersons throw Rick against the ropes and bend over. <laughs> sounded wrong. Uh, Rick kicks Arn in the head, and he gets it. a and he gets a small package on Oli. Oli's bent over for the win. Oh man! Uh, Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. It was one of the best things I've seen tonight, so I gave it three. But it still wasn't great. What say you? I gave it two words. Go blue. Uh, F off. That's uh, it's O H I O. There's no blue. All right. That doesn't roll off the but, tongue well. <sighs> it, it ours is a callback. But either way, after the match, the Andersons take out the Steiners, hold Scott's arm, and only dives off the middle rope with a knee to the elbow. And they go on on commentary. Well, they're trying to break his arm. Terry's losing his mind. Ah, my horse is sick. Damn you, Wally and Arn. Your mother's a horse. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you can combine the two. Your mother's a horse. <laughs> and she's sick. Anyway. Maybe this is uh, a good time for me to get this in. I'm excited as hell. We're finally getting Mattel Steiner Brothers. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. If and finally... I'm hoping these are the two that come out first. Right here, this era. Yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, Scott is finally allowing them to make a figure of him. How about that? <sighs> well, we got well, to according to his own words, he's only working with them now. You allow the Hall of Fame because of Braun Breaker. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, hey, whatever works, man. You know, put put aside the sour grapes for a little bit. We now go to pre-recorded comments with Lex Luger, who is being interviewed by Gordon Silly. Uh, Luger says that he's nervous, but he's coming for Ric Flair. All he can think of is Power Slam, the rack. He says that no one has ever gotten out of the torture rack. Next, we go Power to Power Slam, the rack. Yeah. Yeah, when I say <laughs> that, I get slapped. <laughs> it's like, uh, what? <laughs> but we now go to uh, commentary for a minute. You, you know, uh, quick. I when I've been watching, like I said, I've been watching back old WWE stuff. I did not mm-hmm. know this, and I did notice this early on. But USA Lex Luger didn't use the torture rack, and when he started using it, they called it the Rebel Rack. I did not know that. When, <laughs> Rebel was, rack. when was that? Nineteen ninety-five, ninety-four, late ninety-four. I'm on late oh ninety-four. Start using it. Wow. Uh, also, I, the Rebel Rack. I had no idea. <laughs> Good lord, that's a, that sounds awful. But anyway, uh, we got a commentary for a minute here, and you got to think Terry Funk is taking a shot at at uh, Gorilla Monsoon because he keeps saying this is this is an event, this is not a happening. <laughs> Why do you assume that? Yeah, and he says it like he's angry, like he said, and he says it during the main event too. He's like, "This is not a happening. This is an event." It's like I don't get it, like. 
I still am struggling to figure out what the hell a happening is. Well, the way Terry Funk kind of sort of explained it was he said, well, you know, it's not, this isn't happening by happenstance. It's not some happening. He's like, you know, this, this is an event and a you know, big deal and it's been planned and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. So if that is the actual like definition was Gordon Sully or Gordon Sully, it was, was Gorilla Monsoon basically saying like, Oh, everything going on in WWF right now is just, you know, an unplanned happenstance, you know, a happy coincidence. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. We now go back to back to Gordon Sully live with Ric Flair and woman. Gordon says that many believe Flair will lose tonight. This comes right out with it. Uh, Flair puts over how he's a six time world champion and he's done it all in professional wrestling. Wow. Only six at this point. It's crazy. Yep, yeah, he's going to hit 10 more in the next uh, decade. God. But we now go back to ringside where Gary Michael Capetta, the world's most dangerous announcer, introduces Sting. Like we're about to memorialize him after he died. Like, did you notice that? He was like, I did uh, not. Yeah, they were playing his music and he says something about uh, Sting, who was taken out, who was who was uh, tragically taken out by the four horsemen and whatever. I'm like, my God, he's for, still for the seventh time in his career at this point. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Only the best get that done to a man, him, dusty roads. Uh, it's a, it's a few and far between uh, high honor, but sting then walks out on crutches with a giant brace on his left leg, wearing some shorty shorts. That was something. But they're blaming the injury on the four horsemen, even though actually some crew member was the one who yanked Sting off the cage and uh, made Sting land weird. And uh, that's why he tore up his knee real bad. But he comes out to the ring now and then goes right backstage for some reason. Like, hi, everybody. I'm here. All right. Bye. (laughs) All right. But we're going to take our second to last break here. When we come back, it's main event time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Main event time here. It's Ric Flair defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against, uh, or, and he's got woman in his corner. He's defending the title against Alex Luger in 38 minutes and 8 seconds. Oh, man. Well, they do the usual uh, great big strong baby face versus smaller, smarter heel match. Luger it's not a knock on Luger. You know I love Luger, but man, he loved to pose, man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. He'd pose and yell a lot. Maybe he got that from Sting. <laughs> Sting did the same thing. Uh, but Luger overpowers. Uh, Luger overpowers Flair a lot, but Rick eventually uses some cheap tactics to gain control and then works Luger's arms and legs. When Flair starts to dominate, Sting comes out, shakes Luger's head, and then slaps him to motivate him. This changes the tide of the match a bit. At one point, woman uh, repeatedly slaps Luger in the face right in front of the ref. Then the ref tries to get between them. Flair then runs up and knees Luger in the back, causing the ref to get bumped. Later, Luger has Flair covered, but the ref is down. The Andersons run out to interfere. Who could have foreseen? But Luger (laughs) sends them. (laughs) But Luger sends them packing, and he locks Rick in the torture rack. Ref gets up, but the Andersons grab Sting leading to Luger coming to save him. This leads to a count-out victory for Ric Flair. Weak. But Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars. I gave it three and a half. Let's say you. I gave it three. Uh, I'd say best match of the night, probably. But, yeah, again, that, that was a low bar to clear. Uh, I would say they stole the show, but that's petty theft at this point. <laughs> After the match, the Andersons get back in the ring and beat down Lex Luger. Because we got an to... afterbirth. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sting tries to avoid the action, and the Steiners rush out to chase the horsemen off. I'll say this uh, Terry Funk wasn't an amazing commentator, and you can tell it, like this was uh, one of the first times he'd he, done it. He, he again, like you said with Luger, also with him, he yelled a lot in commentary. Yeah, that's true. Almost uh, like he was yelling what he was saying at the wrestlers in the ring. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Your mother's was... Good lord. Uh, I will say this. I mean, I think he tried. Like he, he he made an. He seemed like he was making an actual effort here, and he wasn't just like phoning it in. So that's good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think given more time, he probably could have been good at this, but. I, I don't think this was really his thing where he wanted to shine necessarily. I think that so. he was just filling in until he was getting ready to wrestle again because it's coming up. Yeah. Uh, was it later this year or no? Wait, did he just wrap up his, his feud with Flair? I don't remember. I don't remember if it happened already or it's coming because I know it started when he was still doing kind of commentary interviewing. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was 89. So that's why. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, because he's a baby face here. That's right. Because he turned baby so he, face. When he lost to Flair. But he started as a face and turned on Flair. He turned heel. So he turned back into a face? 
Yeah. Well, uh, remember Laurel, now in the archives, the damn place. Well, now in the archives, New York knockout. Uh, he lost that last man standing match, and then uh, he shook Flair's hand, and uh, or was it last? I quit last man standing, whatever the hell. And uh, yeah, and he and he shook Ric Flair's hand, and Gary Gary Hart got mad at him, and they got into a big thing. That's that right. Okay. Pretty much turned him face, but. But anyway, that does it for the show. Uh, we're going to take our last break. On the other First end of this, point. it's uh, final ratings time right after this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.52 out of 10. I gave it maybe 7 out of 10, 6.5 out of 10. Basically D minus. What say you? D plus it <laughs> Oh man. Another uh Tommy Boyism in there. Yeah, this was a rough watch, man. We're not starting off February very good, I'll say. But you should prepare you know, yourself because I'm about to throw your ass under the bus. I didn't choose this. Yeah. Uh no, no, Greg did not choose this. He also did not choose the next show we're gonna do. Which we should probably talk about. The next show that we're going to cover 
is EC Dub. And it's ECW. nine years. It's nine years after this. It is ECW Crossing the Line 99. That one should be a show. I haven't watched it yet. Hey, I have watched event. like five of our next six shows, and that's the one I didn't watch yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the main event is RVD versus Jerry Lynn, so it's hard to go wrong with that one. Let's see if they do. Jerry. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. Crossing the line 99, man. It just, uh, see how it goes. That's next week for double main event. This is the last ever crossing the line. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't do one after that. But the next week after that is uh, double main event week, February 15th. We're actually dropping, we're going back to WCW two years after this event, by the way. It's WCW Super Brawl 2, took place in February of 1992. I like 1992, and I like most things we've seen from it thus far from both. I don't think you're going to hate this show. Yeah, I might have jinxed it. We'll see. Uh, but also that week, that Friday, we are covering WWF Raw from February 5th, 2001. It's the very last time Raw was ever. Because the Georgia Dome tickles TJ's fancy. <laughs> I just thought it people was cool been, they, People who are regular listeners, you know he's covered He's booked every damn super Georgia Dome show there's ever been. Well, I wanted to cover the WWF, the, the, the Raw ones in the Georgia Dome, because uh, the Nitros were always really big. But this was not WWF territory. So this was, at this time, Vince was just literally going in and planting his flag in the center of their field. And I'm looking, so, at, I'm looking at our March schedule, by the way. You do not put WrestleMania 27. You okay? You know, that was in the Georgia Dome, too, right? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to avoid that WrestleMania as long as humanly oh, possible. Oh, but you put WrestleMania 9 on here. <laughs> well, yeah, that oh, was a classic. Did. We had we had men in togas, Greg. What don't you get? Yeah, Oklahomans in togas too. So. Exactly. So therefore, historic, right? We also had you know. Speaking of this guy, we had El Gigante on this card. No, we didn't. Uh, w- well, we did. He wasn't called that, but he was well, on. You the got card. it wrong. Well, you might as well say we had Mean Mark Callis on the show too. Well, we did. Yeah. Oh, oddly enough, I wonder if they ever faced off in. Probably not, but I wonder if they ever faced off in the NWA. I'm no, I think he was gone by the time Gonzalez started. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, because I think I want to say Great American Bash might have been in Mark's last show. Uh, somewhere in there, but yeah, I know. I, I know it was sometime after that, and then uh, obviously later in 1990. Uh, November, to be exact, he popped up at the Survivor Series as The Undertaker. So there you go. But either way, uh, but that's the February bonus show. And finally, we're closing out the month with some TNA, February 22nd. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's Against All Odds 2012. And Against All Odds is an apropos name because Against All Odds, that company still survives. How? Why? Don't know. But... Yeah, we've actually made a video about that. If anybody goes and checks out our clip on on YouTube, I said uh, Impact Wrestling survives against all odds. So go check that out. But anyway, that does it for us today. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. 
and we will see you all next week. See you next week. For uh, ECW Crossing the Line, 90 down.